others. Okay, good. Hi, everybody. Good to see you. Um, last week, I said that tonight I would go over uh, the message, is attack possible? But I was forgetting I only had half an hour tonight. And I don't think we could do that justice tonight. So I'm going to save that for next week. I actually have three more questions that people had emailed me. So I thought maybe we would just finish the questions tonight. That, that's something that we can do in half an hour. And then uh, next week we'll do is attack possible. However, it did occur to me that if you're willing to take on another assignment, there's another short uh, early teaching snippet that you could watch this week that will help next week with is attack possible. So let me share my screen and show you that snippet. A reminder, you can always get to the snippets from the Awakening Together website. Just go underneath Regina's audios and you'll find where it says early teachings and classics. And then you'll just go to the snippets from the early teachings on YouTube. And that will give you the entire playlist. And uh, this is going to be fairly pretty far down on the playlist. Let me scroll down and find it. It's something called like mind blowing truth is the name of it. So let me find it for you. You can see this playlist is growing and growing and growing. I think we're getting close. Here it is, mind-blowing truth part one. Looks like it's number 170 right now, 13 minutes long. This is the one I'd love for you to watch. There's also mind-blowing truth part two, mind-blowing truth part three. You can watch those if you want to. But the one that applies the most is uh, this one, Mind-Blowing Truth Part 1, um, which I was trying to get to the picture so you could see the picture. There it is. That's me in my pajamas with a cup. So you'll recognize it when you see it. So if you could find time this week to watch this 13-minute video, uh, that would be really helpful. That will kind of give us the foundation we need to have a full understanding of the message is attack possible. And then we'll look at that next week. All right, so tonight then I have three more questions. So we'll look at those questions. And if we have time, uh, if any of y'all have a question, you could ask a question too. So let me see what the first question is. Of course, I received this question several weeks ago. So the person that sent it in is extremely patient. The question says, last night you said the individual dies, but there is no death. That might even have been the very first week when I said that, the first or second week. So a long time ago. Last night you said the individual dies, but there is no death. Would you give a brief comment on that? I've been prompted several times to ask this. I suppose there is something about your answer that will be helpful. Yeah. Um, 
Well, now you all know the four principles of God. Uh, and why don't I just bring that up just kind of as a review. Let me bring up that. Okay, so you know the four principles of God. And the fourth principle of God is manifestation, which is often called dream or illusion. And this is where the person is. The person is a part of the fourth principle of God. Everything that is a part of the fourth principle of God, hear my words carefully. Everything that is a part of the fourth principle of God has a beginning and an end. And people, we call that death. But it's just, um, it's just like everything in manifestation. There isn't anything in manifestation that doesn't have a beginning and an end. Some things last longer, like planets, for example, but even planets have a beginning and an end. Stars have a beginning and an end. Person, people, body, mind, personalities have a beginning and an end. So one of the things that at some point um, it's helpful to accept is the mortality of this person right here, you know, meaning whatever, whoever you are, not necessarily just Regina. Um, one reason why that's really helpful to accept, at least in my experience, it makes it easier to accept the truth or easier to have the willingness to accept the truth. Because as long as we think this person is what I am, and we're somehow trying to make this person eternal, right? Um, we're more involved in things like personal improvement rather than accepting the truth. When we accept this person is gonna die anyway, so what am I that is beyond this person? Then we're starting to turn our eyes towards the truth. If I go back to uh, the four principles of God, what we really are is way up here in the first principle of God. And the first principle of God is pure, unmanifest life intelligence isness. This has no beginning has no end, it's always, it's always. So as everything else comes and goes, this is always, and it's changeless. And that's what we are. An awakening is realizing that you are this, the first principle of God, instead of the person. So when we accept that the person dies, when we accept there's nothing I can do, there's nothing I can do to make this person eternal. Not a, no matter what, there's nothing I can do to make this person eternal. Then we start saying, so what is eternal? What is what I am that is also eternal? And we start turning our attention to awakening to that, that which was here before the person and that which is here after the person. And you know, I love telling a story about my dad and my dad's not even a spiritual person, 
uh, but he's always been very intuitive. And even before I was on the spiritual path, he and I were taking a hike one day, but I think I was becoming interested in spirituality. And so I was asking him different questions about what he believed. And um, I heard Sina talking a little bit about being uh, an atheist, about her son being an atheist. You know, my dad, I suppose, is an atheist. He would never say that. He would never say, I am an atheist. He doesn't define it that way, but he doesn't believe in, in a God. And, and in fact, he thinks religion is one of the things, listen to this, listen to how smart he is, even though he has no spirituality at all. He thinks religion is one of the things that just separates us all when we're all one but he doesn't believe in a God. Okay. Listen to how smart he is. It's so, he's so funny. He's always been that way. He's always been so wise, but he's not, he's not fond of religion because religion separates us. Right. And, and so he doesn't like religion. Uh, he, he doesn't really believe in a God, but listen to what he said. When I asked him what he did believe in while we were out hiking one day, he said, well, <laughs> he said, I'm going to live forever. And then he said, not me, this body. He said, this body is going to die. And this body is going to be buried. But the nutrients from this body will then enrich the soil. And plants will grow out of that soil. And small animals will come and eat those plants. You know, and larger animals will come and eat those, those smaller animals. And, you know, I don't remember how far he went with this, but the idea was that life energy that is him, it can't die. It just keeps getting passed on from one form to another form to another form. And that's eternal. That was a pretty good expression of the truth. It wasn't perfect because the eating isn't required, right, <laughs> for the life energy to get passed on. But that was a pretty good expression of what we are. We're that unmanifest life isness that just continues. Just, it just continues. And so uh, that's how this dies. But what we are never dies. And awakening is shifting our identity in a very real way, shifting our identity from thinking I am this to realizing I am that. So hopefully that answers the question. Anybody else want to ask anything about that before I move to the next question? Isn't my dad brilliant though? <laughs> That, I think that's just something that a farm boy, he was a farm boy, just a farm boy kind of figured out from watching everything come and go, right? He just kind of knew that there was something there that was supporting everything that didn't come and go. All right, so the next question then. Can you help me work through my understanding of emotional, mental abuse? Do I, remind, do I remain in right-minded thinking through it, meaning through emotional abuse or mental abuse, and not succumb to the experience because it's not a reality, 
It's of this world, of my thinking mind. And as I pull away more into consciousness, I disengage from the experience. I think I understand, but it's not quite sinking in. Do you have thoughts or guidance on how to understand it based on the four principles of God? So it's interesting because I recently posted a, uh, an audio. I think it was the very last post that I've made in the early teaching snippets book where I'm talking with Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit is teaching me. I'm the student. And what Holy Spirit is teaching me is that um, nothing can be judged as bad or wrong. And, and, and Holy Spirit's using some pretty strong examples. The first example that gets used is infidelity. The second example that gets used is murder. That's the last one I, I posted where Holy Spirit is showing that there's nothing inherently wrong in murder. And what Holy Spirit is saying in that is, is pointing to the fact, it, it really kind of goes with what we just talked about, that everything is really this unmanifest life isness. And that unmanifest life isness always continues. And that's the reality, and nothing can harm it. Um, but what Holy Spirit also points out is, uh, you know, it's kind of looking back to NTI Romans chapter two, chapter two, that um, really consciousness, the second principle of God, after the second principle of God evolved out of the first principle of God, the second principle of God had this curiosity, you know, what would everything be like if it was different than it is? And of course, that curiosity is really what created the third principle of God, the creative principle which then allows manifestation, the fourth principle of God. And manifestation is the answer to that question. Manifestation is the answer to the question, what would everything be like if it was different than it is? And so this, would, this is what Holy Spirit was teaching me as it was teaching me that murder is not inherently wrong, which, which sounds very extreme. But some, you know, Holy Spirit wanted to use extreme examples, I think, that murder is not inherently wrong because one, nothing is ever actually hurt because what everything really is, is that isness that can't be hurt. But two, because this is the answer to the question that the divine mind asked, what would it be like if everything was different than it is? Well, the world's the answer. Look at the answer. You know, look at the murder, look at the war, look at the uh, environment, look at the politics, look at the crime, look at the emotional abuse that occurs in families, you know, the physical abuse that occurs in families. This is the answer to the question, right? This is the answer to the question. And so, what Holy Spirit taught me is it's, it's not inherently wrong for two reasons. One, you know, again, nothing's actually hurt. That, that isness is never affected by anything that goes on here in the fourth principle of God. But two, it's giving us the opportunity to learn the answer to our question. You know, I can look at this and say, wow, so this is different from God or truth or heaven. You know, this is what's different, this war. 
this emotional abuse, this physical abuse, this murder, this crime, this political fighting, this, all of this, this environment that, you know, with an ozone that's depleting, you know, and, 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 and global warming and, 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 you know, more and more weather phenomenon, you know, this is the answer to the question. Okay, well, then I'm ready for truth again. It's here for our learning. It's here for us to learn the answer to the question. What would it be like if it was different from truth? Boom, there's your answer. What do you think of that? But another important part of that, in fact, let me share the screen. I think I said this the other night uh, when I was teaching a different group of people, the four principles of God, but I don't think I ever said it to you. So let me share it with you. So, you know, I made up these names. This is the first principle of God, the second principle of God, the third principle of God, the fourth principle of God. And the reason, you know, they all say of God. <laughs> The reason that I named it this is because the truth is this is really all God because God is all you had in the beginning. Like if all we had was Play-Doh in the beginning, that's the only element that exists, then anything I make out of it, it may look like something else. You know, it may look like here a, a subject Play-Doh. It may look like here a creative Play-Doh. It may look like here manifestation Play-Doh, but it's all still Play-Doh. Right. Plato is all we had in the beginning. So Plato is all we got. Well, what I told the group the other night was I could have named these the first principle of you. The second principle of you, the third principle of you and the fourth principle of you. And that would have been equally true. So. You're not only the pure manifest, pure unmanifest isness that's unaffected. You're also the subject, the I am awareness. You're also the third principle of God, the creative process, and you are the experiencer, the person. You're all of it because you are all that's ever been. So right now I want to focus on you as the third principle of God. I want to focus on you as the creative process. So again, what we actually are is pure unmanifest isness that cannot be affected by anything. But this entire dream is here to teach us what it would be like if, if we weren't that, if everything was different than it is. We look at this world, we look at the wars, we look at everything else and we say, okay, I get the answer. Now I want truth. But at this point, we have to make a decision. Do we want truth or do we want the world? Because we are the creative process. And, and if, and right now we're talking about emotional and mental abuse, so I'll use that example only. If I continue to insist that I am being emotionally abused or mentally abused, or that someone else that I know is being emotionally abused or mentally abused, I'm keeping my eyes, my attention really, but I'm using eyes as an example, cast on that as if that's the truth. That's what's real. I'm keeping my eyes downcast on the world instead of looking up towards heaven. And so as the creative principle, which is also what I am, 
I am continuing to create those times types of situations. So you see, we may be the person in the world as the fourth principle that seems to be experiencing this, but that's actually the least of what we are. It, we're the whole thing, but that's the least of what we are, right? Even more than that, I'm the third principle. And so as I'm continuing to believe in it and continuing to insist that this is what's happening here, I'm also continuing to create it. So what happens as you begin to awaken, as you begin to move up, it's really what's happening. You're moving up the, the principles of God. As you move up from I as the person to I as the creative principle, you start taking responsibility and choosing to let go of believing in the appearances even while they're there. That's the key. Because, because you no longer want to be a part of creating them. The way Peace Pilgrim worded that was she no longer wanted to be a part of the problem. And so, for example, with what's going on in the world now, uh, you know, and now, of course, the big bad guy. And of course, if you listen to my audios from earlier years, there are different big bad guys, right? That changes, that comes and goes. But right now, the big bad guy is Putin. I, Regina, and, and, and the divine presence that is here, will not join the rest of the world in declaring that one a big bad guy. Because I understand that as I get involved in this war, as I see the victims, and the victimizer, right? As I see a right side and a wrong side, and I pick a side, I'm a part of continuing to create those types of appearances. So my choice is merely to be the presence of love with everyone and everything. Everyone and everything. You know, when I catch the news and I see those people whose homes are being bombed and who have lost family and, and who do not have food, I love them. My heart goes out to them. I have compassion for them. And when I hear Vladimir Putin talking, you know, with his grandiosity and all of that, I love him and I have compassion for him too. You see, this is, this is taking responsibility as the third principle of God, which is a part of what we are. So we're either a part of the answer or a part of the problem in every moment. And the funny thing is, this is always true. This is even true of those who aren't awake. They have no idea who they are, and they have no idea what they're doing, right? But those of us who, who are awakening we can step in and take the role of our truth. Our truth loves. You see? So that's what we do. And so, um, you know, I, I was in a relationship once where, uh, you know, definitely people would have said that I was being emotionally or mentally abused. There's just no doubt about it. Um, 
what I did in that relationship was I just chose to use that relationship for the purpose of healing my mind, which means whenever he would say something to me, you know, tell me how ugly I was, for example, uh, and, and, or, or, or reject me, he would reject me, but then still be there or, or whatever else went on in that relationship. Um, I would look at me and look at what was being triggered in me and what needed to be healed with me. Why can't I just be at peace with him when he says that? Why can't I just be the presence of love when he's saying that to me? What in me is being triggered that is an untruth that needs to be healed? I use the relationship for healing. And I actually think it was one of the most beneficial one and a half years of my life. I think there's actually, a, from, from someone who's been through this, I think there's a huge advantage to uh, mental slash emotional abuse. It's not physical, right? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names can never hurt me. There's a truth to that little kid's statement. So I would say, take advantage of it. Take advantage to why am I being hurt by what he says or what he does and go within and find those beliefs in you that are being triggered that need to be let go of. Now, if someone was asking about physical abuse, um, I, I, I would say probably what anybody else would say that it, it's, it's good to remove yourself from being physically abused and then allow the healing, uh, especially if children are being physically abused. I, I wouldn't recommend anything different. But with emotional abuse, mental abuse, you aren't actually being hurt in any way except for what you are believing. So find out what that is and start letting go of that. It's, it's a very, it's, a, it's really a wonderful opportunity. Any other questions on that topic? We only have three minutes left. So there's no way I could have gotten through a message. Let me see if I can quickly answer the last question. If not, we'll have to save it for another day. During the conversation, oh yeah, I can answer this quickly. During the conversation we had about the difference between faith and belief, a few mentioned trust. And I realized there remains inner confusion around the difference between trust and faith. Well, first of all, I just want to tell you again with words, you know, everybody uses words differently. So what I'm going to give you is the Regina Don Akers definition, the way it's always been in my mind. And just keep in mind that that's the Regina Don Akers definition. And you may hear somebody else say the opposite someday. Um, but for me, uh, trust enables me to do nothing when I should be doing nothing. So you know, when my mind is telling me, oh, my gosh, you're running out of money, you better go get a job, you better go do this, you better go do this. And I, and I know that that's not my guidance. I know that's just the ego, blah, 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 blah. Trust is trust in the unseen, trust in that which is beyond me, trust in that which is guiding me to do nothing, and trust enables me to do nothing when that's what I'm supposed to do. So it's trust in the unseen, you could say, right? That's trust. Faith moves me to action. So for example, when I was guided by a dream to move to Pueblo, and that was going to take all the rest of the money that I had. And I remember thinking, oh my God, you know, am I just going to move to Pueblo? And then what? 
you know, starve because I won't have any money left, right? But in that case, I was being guided to do something. Faith enables me to go ahead and move to Pueblo, right? So faith has an action element in it, right? There's an action. So like even, even spiritual practice, we engage in the spiritual practice. Like, you know, what I just said about emotional abuse and mental abuse. And I said, I see that as an opportunity Use that to find what in you is triggered. Faith would move you to do that. You see, faith is what would say, okay, I have faith in what Regina is telling me. I know she's been through this. So I am going to try that. You see, so faith moves you to action. Um, trust enables you to do nothing and let that take care of things. So hopefully that answers the question. And again, those were the Regina Don Akers definitions, but that's really the way I've experienced faith and trust. So uh, that's it. I'm going to let go of the mic again. Next week, we will look at that message, uh, Is Attack Possible? And this week, if you have time, go to the RDA Early Teachings playlist and watch Mind Blowing Truth Part One. Okay, about 13 minutes of your time. Mind-blowing truth, part one. And uh, I'm just going to turn off my mic. I need to get some popcorn or something. I'm hungry, but I'll be right back for the satsang. See y'all. I mean, my camera. See y'all. <laughs>